right, glad you're with us. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. Big battles brewing over money. And, you know, it's like, for example, Illinois. $137 billion unfunded pension. Why should Tennessee pay for that? They've paid for their pensions. Florida, Texas, they balance their budgets. All these red states, they all balance their budgets. Uh, you know, you look at the waste, the fraud, the abuse, the abuse of money and burdensome regulation in New York. You want to know why New York's losing population? Yeah, because people are sick of high taxes and they're sick of burdensome regulation. And they're saying, you know what? I can live in another place uh, and save money, more open spaces and warmer weather and no taxes and put a lot more money away and better infrastructure. And they're bailing. I, I mean, I, I wish that it, my buddy says to me the other day, stop talking about New York. I left New York for a reason. <laughs> He's living down in Florida. And I said, well, you got to see what it's a shift show of all shift shows up here. And it's fascinating to watch. I wish I could show you all, what I read when I wake up. I, I don't know what it is. I have to still hold the paper, read the paper, the printed edition, as long as it's ever going to be in existence, because that was my life as a kid when I was a paper boy. Get up in the morning. That's when I was delivering the Daily News. I also delivered Newsday. Um, but my favorite is the New York Post. They call it Scrubway. For the first time ever, the subway will shut down every night to clean up scenes like this. By the way, Linda, take a picture of the front cover of the New York Post and put it on Twitter and, and Hannity.com because it's just unbelievable. I mean, now they're going to clean and scrub the subways every night. By the way, the dangerous part of this is they cut the subways in half. Well, everything, every colossal, dumb, stupid thing that New York government can do, they've done. Never seen it that bad. And now there's a, we need to be bailed out. We're a giver state. That's what Cuomo was. We're a giver state. I was like, okay. Well, you already got bailed out because you guys in New York, you didn't see it coming, did you? Well, I know the Blasio was telling everybody May, uh, March 2nd through 5th, here are my recommendations to go out on the town, everybody. March 10th, he was even said, oh, it's safe for most New Yorkers. Governor Cuomo, March 2nd, we are New Yorkers. We have the we are prepared. We have the best uh, health care system in the world, um, which is kind of like what he sounds like. And they, no, they weren't prepared. The guy that bailed them out is Donald Trump. The New Yorkers, you know, look at polls. Those guys are still polling well. But I'm like, okay, wake up, guys, uh, because it's a real shift show. Look at all the bed. They, they didn't get it. Here's the worst part. The state of New York was told by a health care task force to buy 15,783 ventilators. They bought none. And in New York City, they were told to buy just a little under 10,000 ventilators. They bought none. Uh, and then they're screaming every day and night about ventilators. Well, they had enough because Donald Trump provided them just like he provided the comfort. The comfort left yesterday after only taking care of 184 people. And the Javits Center has not been anywhere near capacity, taking in very few, few hundred people. That's it. All built by Donald Trump, manned by Donald Trump, all the personnel by Donald Trump and the taxpayers of this great country. And they even converted both from what was not supposed to be originally to COVID-19 capability. So the March 25th order in New York state that said that mandated that nursing homes and long-term facilities take on COVID-19 patients, even though they were screaming, we don't have the ability to deal with this rather than putting them on the comfort or in the Javits center. Nope. They sent them back to the 
Long-term care facilities where it ends up becoming the worst place to be. That and the subway. All the health care workers on the front lines, they had to take the subways that were not being uh, policed. And, and, of course, subway time's cut in half. So now you have to wait. They're more crowded. That was dumb, too. Now we have bodies, you know, literally in front of hun- funeral homes with, you know, b- stacked in U-Hauls. Uh, nursing homes at the same time they received patients and stuff from the government, they were also getting body bags. Like, oh, are we anticipating something here? Everything that they could do wrong, they did wrong. Every single thing. Now they're demanding bailouts in all these big blue states. The answer is if it's not COVID-19 related, no. Your unfunded pensions, your, your, you know, your deficits that you've been running, billions in New York, that's not... That's not Tennessee, Florida, red state America's problem. That's your problem. You created that. I guess there's a vote eventually as long as I stay here. I'm so stupid. It's going to be my problem because I'm going to be the one that they hit the hardest. Of course, as usual. Want to know why it's the number one state losing population? This is why. You know, that you go to page two of and three of the New York Post today. It's, uh, hey, pal, it's time to rise and shine. And police trying to get some the homeless population off the subways because they pretty much have taken it over. And let's see, the comfort leaves town, 184 people. That's all. They had all these nursing homes taking in COVID-19 patients. Then you got a picture on page four and five in tears at a U-Haul corpses. You got U-Hauls packed with corpses. Project Veritas makes some phone calls to all these funeral home directors. This needs to be investigated. And all these funeral home directors are saying, yeah, they're labeling all these things COVID-19 deaths, and they're not. And we don't believe they are, and there's at least no indication. And I think that might be something. We might want to know what the true numbers are. Just, Just a thought on my part. And we have the Orthodox community that lost a rabbi and they said no we're going to the funeral they put most people i saw put masks on now comrade de blasio is going after to arrest the conservative orthodox jewish community in new york they were all wearing masks you know what you're not going to stop it and you know remote class is dismissed i've got to give the new jersey governor some credit he actually phil murphy gushing about how the president saved new jersey also uh which is all true now, does the president have a chance of ever winning New York or New Jersey? Nope. Probably none. Now they're going to have a big fight over money. That's not going to be good either. And we have a lot of money yet that we have got to allocate and get this country open and open safely, as we have been discussing. On that front, Dr. Fauci, he's now saying baseball could return uh, by the summer, which is something I believe a, a sense of normalcy would be great. Uh, We do have news that NASCAR now is decided that they're going to be up and running May 17th. That's good news. Just as long as they do it safely, I'm sure they know what they're doing. I'm sure they're looking at all of the the challenges there. The president now announcing opening up America again guidelines. Uh, So that's good. I was maybe I was wrong with Georgia. I don't know. It's uh, the jury's still out. I was a little dubious of tattoo parlors and salons and you know, manicures and pedicures going on. I see. Yeah. But then I saw these barriers that very smart, creative people built where somebody that's getting a manicure just slips their hands underneath the plexiglass and there's a huge separation. And the person that is giving the manicure on the other side is in gloves and a mask and quite socially distant with a barrier. 
I said, you know what? That's why I keep asking Dr. Oz and medical experts. Huh, that could work. And then I see other people building out sort of socially distanced restaurant opening where they put up a lot of plexiglass and, you know, a little more distance than usual, but at least you can go to dinner and have fun with friends and family, hopefully. And I was told that in Georgia that the people will go in. There's, I think it's half capacity now, and they can wear gloves and masks, and then when they eat, they just eat, and then they put it back on. So, okay, well, I can live with that too. Texas, Ohio, Illinois, yeah, they're all building up. Now, there's something happening also that we got to pay attention to. Look at California. A showdown has emerged. Uh, one Orange County sheriff saying, I'm not enforcing your order after your crazed uh, Governor Newsom announcing hard close all Orange County beaches. Well, what's happening is people, and I think this is my interpretation of what's happened, and I'm going to give you my advice on the other side of it that some of you may not agree with, but I'll give you my best advice. Um, now, the beaches are open, not for you know, laying out and all that stuff that people do on beaches that I would never do. But anyway, in Florida, but people can go for a walk on the beach, socially distant, et cetera. Okay, it's working. Ron DeSantis gets the highest marks of any governor in the, in the country, from my perspective. Anyway, so now it's a big fight working out. But what happened last weekend is going to happen this weekend. Huntington Beach, California was packed. Now, are these people just reckless and irresponsible? I don't think so. I think what people are doing is they have sat home. They have watched. They have they have actively gone along with what the government's asking them to do. And I think my interpretation, I think people are deciding for themselves what they believe the real risks are and balancing what they find in their own hearts to be acceptable risk versus what the government might be telling them to do. And they're like, yeah, okay, we think this part is stupid and we're not going to listen to this part. There's a big battle in Michigan. The governor there, she, she has botched Michigan. This Governor Whitmer, unbelievable failure, epic fail there too, extending the coronavirus state of emergency declaration another month. And I will say Gavin Newsom did a lot better than a lot of these, these other people. But, you know, now it's people saying, okay, enough, Gavin. We, we got the rules. You know, social distancing, wear the mask if you're close to people, but we can still walk to beaches. Anyway, uh, you had armed protesters in Michigan. That was a little scary, uh, demanding that the lockdown end. Um, you know, some carrying their guns entering the Capitol building in the state of Michigan, uh, demanding Democratic governor lift restrictions, uh, the strict coronavirus lockdown orders. I mean, some of it was stupid and arcane, but... Now you had to have state police with masks blocking them from entering. None of the protesters appear to be wearing masks. Look, I'm going to say to a lot of people, I understand your frustration. You have, you're ultimately, you're your own decision maker in life. Um, I get, you know, if you think that some of this now has gone on too long you, and you understand the rules and you're willing to take your risks, et cetera. But I would just say this. We've now learned what we thought in the beginning mostly turned out to be true, but there are exceptions. The elderly, those with underlying medical conditions, those with compromised immune systems, they are very vulnerable to death if they get coronavirus. So everybody, I think, probably has some older person in their life with, that would meet that standard. Um, if you wear the mask, do it for them. Make it, but you have to decide. It's not like you know, we can't go around and tell her, put your mask back on now. 
you know, over at MSDNC, they're calling them brown-shirted stormtroopers. I don't know who these groups are. I don't know anything about them. But I'm just, I'll look at California. Okay, they look like average, everyday Californians on the beach in Huntington Beach last weekend. And I think they're sending a loud message. And I don't think Gavin Newsom's going to win this battle based on what I'm watching. There's not enough police to arrest everybody if they go to the beach. There's too many people there last weekend. So we'll see. The Michigan House will not extend the emergency, state of emergency from Whitmer. I mean, she's, there's rebellion on all end of the, ends of this. There's a owner of a wine bar in Los Angeles daring people to arrest him. Uh, Beverly Hills, their council is voting to resume cosmetic surgery. <laughs> I read that. I'm like, really? Oh, there are your priorities. And, you know, there's a Breitbart piece that came out that's really scary about the high-risk sex offenders. So there's definitely a rebellion. Look, my advice to people is think of other people. Always think of other people first. And assuming that you're healthy and that you would be fine. Let's assume that for a second. All right. Why would I wear a mask if I go out and I'm going to be around anybody that could be a potential at risk? Because I wouldn't want to have that on my conscience. There's my honest answer. Is it cumbersome? Yep. Do I like it? Nope. Is it temporary? Yes. Uh, you know, but I just I just care about other people. If that will help other people, do it for that reason. All right, as we roll along, yeah, we'll get to Biden and uh, his interview on liberal Joe from earlier today. Um, this is interesting. Now, we did point out that I was a little surprised in the poll that showed that uh, the Gallup poll that, yeah, no, coronavirus is not high on people's list in terms of importance for or affecting their vote in this coming election, which is 186 days away. Anyway, the mob's attempts to separate the president from his supporters, that's failing miserably. A week ago, we were treated to three full days, breathless coverage, claiming Donald Trump had told Americans they should inject themselves with Clorox beach. Didn't matter that that's not what he said, and that's not what he was saying. But, of course, nuance and any... Uh, any divergence away from group think into creative, what would be a solution idea? We can't have any of that. Anyway, latest Gallup survey, not working. President soared 49%. Gallup poll making up a six-point loss, similar survey two weeks ago. And the new approval number is tied for the president's personal best. Whoopsie-daisy. Well, there goes that narrative. He's going to lose. Um, I'm not sure why the NFL is as resistant as they seem to be, um, but they are. I, 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 there's like a rejection of, among some uh, on any ideas to open up safely. Um, but again, I think people are now going to make up their own minds. You can see it happening in Huntington Beach, California. Here's a, f- a funny story. It was on John Solomon's JustTheNews.com. 44, 31% plurality of Democrats would turn their neighbors into the government. 60 to 25% Republicans would not in terms of who's more likely to report neighbors breaking coronavirus bans on big parties. They're going to rat out our neighbor. Now we have snitch squads, you know, propping up all across the country. Um, We have the latest on Biden. Biden speaks. Shocking moment. Every time I watch him, it is beyond cringeworthy. Uh, Certainly no fastball, no slow pitch, no changeup. If anything, it's just scary. 
All right, 25 now until the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. All right, a lot of uncertainty. Money is freedom, right? It's an election year. Worried about your future. Everybody should be, or always should be. Always should be uh, smart with all of your money. And uh, anyway, one way to save money for sure, most people have the big carriers for their cell coverage service. I'm telling you, you can get the exact same service, no contract to sign. Every plan at Pure Talk USA, unlimited talk, text, and data. You'll get more data plan options than the big carriers. That means you can save even more money, depending how many phones you have on your plan. Maybe just one. Maybe you have the family plan. Maybe five. You're going to be saving hundreds, if not thousands of dollars this year alone. You save money from day one for the exact same service. All you have to do is pull out your phone, dial pound 250, keyword save now. Pound 250, keyword save now. And that's just smart from our friends at Pure Talk USA. All right, so Dr. Fauci, some good news, says baseball could return. Uh, we like all of that. We've been telling you all of the fight that is going on. They got now the beginnings of a showdown. Uh, people are just not listening uh, to a lot of these politicians. Let's see what happens, for example, in Huntington Beach. Some states did very well in terms of their coverage. I think probably the best ends up being with the largest elderly population is Ron DeSantis. Immediately, he said, okay, boom, let's go to the most vulnerable population in Florida. Oh, he let the spring breakers stay out there too long. Okay, he was busy taking care of the people that were most vulnerable. Remember, very early on, there was, well, there's no risk for young people. That's what the experts were telling us, just like the New York Toilet Paper Times was saying in early February. Who says it's not safe to travel to China? Yeah. And then by the end of February, they were calling it the Trump virus. And if you're feeling awful, you know who to blame. Now they pretty much blame everybody but themselves. I wonder if anybody. Well, we'd never know, would we? From them anyway. I wonder if they took their advice of the New York Toilet Paper Times and took that safe flight to China that they thought was so safe in early February. Yeah, that would have been a really dumb idea. Um, I'm sure they'll be uh, retracting any day now. Uh, anyway, so you see all over New York, I can tell you that people are leaving. It is the single biggest debacle, you know, between, oh, mandating. Well, first, the advice in early March by all of New York government. Yeah, it's safe. We're New Yorkers. We're okay. We have the best healthcare system in the world. Excuse, what happened there? Is- uh, our arrogance as New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. I speak for the mayor also on this one. We think we have the best healthcare system on the planet right here in New York. So uh, when you're saying what happened in other countries versus what happened here, uh, we don't even think it's going to be as bad as it was in other countries. And then you had Comrade de Blasio go out on the town. Here's my suggestions, March 2nd through 5th. March 10th, he was pretty much said saying the same thing. Uh, yeah, bad advice. We're prepared. They weren't prepared for anything. And the March 25th order mandating nursing homes take on COVID-19 patients. The comfort just left. Less than 200 people ever got on that hospital ship. Javits Center, got nowhere near capacity. Both manned, built by the taxpayers, courtesy of Donald Trump. They did it. They didn't buy the ventilators they were told to buy by their own health teams. They weren't prepared for anything. And if not for Donald Trump, well, they'd be in trouble. It would have been exponentially worse would have been exponentially worse for the country had the president not put in place 
the travel ban after the first known case of corona on January 21st. He did that January 31st and the quarantines first in in 50 plus years and the subsequent travel bans. You got now body bodies of people in front of funerals that are in U-Hauls packed to the ceiling. That's how sick it got here. Well, uh, the New York Post actually is looking at the Governor Cuomo's handpicked health director, director, a guy by the name of Howard Zucker. His new name is Dr. Death in New York because of the role that he played in forcing state nursing homes to take in Corona patients. Headline editorial, New York Post, New York Health Chief Howard Zucker. Call him Dr. Death. New York State Department of Health just abandoned yet another appalling policy after getting caught. No longer allowing staff who test positive for coronavirus to keep working in nursing homes. Another dumb decision. How many dumb decisions can one state make? New Jersey's governor, by the way, Murphy, is praising the president for his enormous help. Yep, president bailed out New Jersey. I thank you for the enormous help in our darkest hour of need, the governor said. Ventilators, as you can see, PPE, testing sites, I think we're in a very good place, thanks to you and your team, as it relates to expanding testing dramatically so that we'll be able to begin and take those steps to reopen. New Jersey was the second worst hit state with more than 116,000 COVID-19 cases, almost 7,000 deaths. Uh, New York, a lot more. 25% of New York deaths came in nursing homes. Shouldn't surprise anybody. Nearly 80% of American states will now have either ended their coronavirus shutdown, planning to do so in coming days. 38 states have started reopening or are planning to reopen soon. Businesses in 21 states are reopening, et cetera, et cetera. Alabama, Georgia. Look, after I've seen some of these graded ways, I might might have been wrong as it relates to Georgia. If I'm wrong, I'll admit I was wrong. I just, it seemed I didn't think tattoos and... Salons were a good idea right from the get-go, but once I saw how they were doing it, I was, you know, it intrigued me, and I've been talking to all the doctors and asking them as we put them on the shows, and I'll continue to do that. I don't know what to make of what's going to happen in Orange County this weekend. People in Michigan are apoplectic, and I'm not talking about, these were militias. I don't know who, I don't know who anybody is there, but the people of Michigan know that Governor Whitmer was another disaster area unmitigated disaster and now pelosi's fighting for a trillion dollars for states why so we can bail out illinois 137 billion dollar unfunded pensions or new york city and new york state's record debt and deficits no that's not what this money's for you're not going to ask citizens in states that elect responsible politicians that live within their means and fund their pensions to to do this You don't get a blank check. And thank goodness, GOP senators, they're saying, no, no blank check bailouts to state governments. By the way, other senators, 19 of them signing on to warning banks, don't use recovery funds to target gun companies. They're legitimate legal businesses. Uh, Then you've got uh, Congresswoman Omar erupting. Billionaires want to continue profiting while risking millions of lives. I don't know what she's talking about. Not even worth really thinking about it. You know, how many have said we can use this as an opportunity to reshape America? Okay. by the way, Governor Cuomo did get out uh, and apparently lightened up the mood uh, in New York, says, well, he tells single women in New York City, I am eligible. Not sure what that was all about, but funny. Nonetheless, yes, you can have humor even in dark times. 
Pelosi has now confirmed Maxine Waters to sit on a committee to probe coronavirus response. Senator Warren exploding. Trump has endangered countless lives guilty of historic failure. Now, you people are too busy on the Democratic side impeaching him. By the uh, the way, there is one controversial uh, issue to come out of this. A little scary, actually. Uh, In Germany, they're now talking about the idea of having uh, these, I guess, cards of some kind. To You know, I'm COVID. You know, I have antibodies. I can go anywhere. Uh, That, I guess, I don't know, scares me. But have to see how it's done, if it protects medical privacy, etc., all right, so uh, Creepy Joe was on with uh, Liberal Joe and uh, Mika Brzezinski. Mika did the interview with Joe as it relates to the part about the allegations with Tara Reid. Um, remember, Tara Reid said she came forward because of what was said by this woman, uh, Miss Flores, about feeling very uncomfortable about Creepy Joe. And, you know, just like with the breathtaking hypocrisy on Quid Pro and Quo and Joe, you got Nancy Pelosi out there now? She's now, oh, doubling down on Joe. Doesn't matter what hypocrisy is. Let's play some of the hypocrisy of the I believers and Nancy Pelosi. Do we have that loaded? Okay, give me a second. I thought we had it loaded. Anyway, Joe is uh, just like with Hunter. They protected, well, you're not getting the billion unless you fire the prosecutor investigating my zero experience son, Hunter. You know, okay, they were saying this one, the Kavanaugh hearings. Now, Kavanaugh, they were going back with Julie Swetnick to his high school days that they would spike the punch, and after they spiked the punch, then they would boys would put the girls that were passed out in a bed, and the boys would line up in the hall, and they would rape these girls. And it happened every other weekend. And that evolved into, well, I never saw Kavanaugh near the punch bowl, but I saw him with a red solo cup, and I saw him near girls, and I saw him in a hall, but he wasn't lined up. Uh, quite a difference. I think it's pretty interesting, right, too, Sean, hypocrisy. If, if I may, for a moment, as, as, the, as a woman here. You know, I really do take issue with, with what's happening. You know, when we look back at Kavanaugh and how quick they were, I mean, with so much evidence that was debunked, things that they brought forward, the things that Kavanaugh said. And then we look at this history with Biden and, and this woman coming forward and all of the evidence around her and just no one wants to talk about it. It's it's completely. I've just never seen anything like this. Like there has to be a moment where Linda, these this, people. Linda, they were talking all about quid pro quo. You got Joe bragging about it using taxpayer money, millionaire son with no experience. They said no, there's nothing there. There, they're doing the same thing here. They they are going to take Tara Reid and they're just going to ignore her, and that's it. And then it goes away. And then they, they immediately flip. Well, 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 Trump said it and did this. Okay, well, it never came up. Uh, with the stormy, stormy, stormy coverage that it was anything but consensual. And the president made an excellent point yesterday when he said, he was like, listen, I think it should be looked into. I've been accused unfairly. I know what it feels like, but let's at least give it the due process that we gave everything else. Everybody else has to be heard out. Why not this woman? All right, let's play the hypocrisy. First of all, anybody who comes forward at this point um, to, to, to be prepared to testify in the United States Senate against someone who is being nominated to one of the most powerful positions in the United States government, that takes an extraordinary amount of courage. Not only do women like Dr. Ford, who bravely comes forward, need to be heard, but they need to be believed. They need to be believed. Let me just say right at the outset, I believe... Dr. Ford, I believe the survivor here, there's every reason to believe her. 
she has come forward courageously and bravely. I believe her. I stand with her. And Do you hope I don't she shows she, up on Monday? Do you hope that she testifies? I don't think she should be bullied into this scenario where it's a he said, she said. I believe Professor Ford. I think she's credible. And I think when the investigation is finished and when she testifies and Judge Kavanaugh testifies, I think a majority of senators will find her credible. Yeah, that's called hypocrisy. Nancy Pelosi doubling down on it as well. It is everything that you would expect from the Democratic Party mob and the breathtaking hypocrisy that we see on a regular basis. This is who they are. This defines them. And the bottom line here is it's just the same old, same old. But now you get to see it. All these left wing groups. Well, they finally Fox News covered this reaction is pouring in to the interview. You know, um, and I watched it and it was, you know, I mean, it was just a typical prepared Joe Biden. You know, he denied the sexual assault. I found this part interesting. They didn't bring up the facts that he was creepy with all these other people, but that's fine. It's not true, he said. I'm saying unequivocally. Never, 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 never happened. And it didn't. Here's what he said. She says in 1993, Mr. Vice President, that you pinned her against the wall and reached under her clothing and penetrated her with your fingers. Would you please go on the record with the American people? Did you sexually assault Tara Reid? No, it is not true. I'm saying unequivocally, it never, never happened. And it didn't. It never happened. Never happened. Then he goes on to, I don't remember any type of complaint she may have made. 27 years ago, remember we told you he insisted that if Reed had filed a sexual assault complaint with the Senate at the time, it wouldn't be located at the University of Delaware because the University of Delaware is not allowed to give out any of that information. But, you know, that is just typical of the Democrats. Why would they? Be? I thought he said, let's be transparent. You're not being transparent. Anyway, Biden, Brzezinski confronts him with uh, the past 2018 statements about Kavanaugh. I thought this was a good question on Mika's part. You were unequivocal, uh, Mr. Vice President, back in 2018 during the Kavanaugh controversy and hearings. And um, you said that women should be believed. You said this for a woman to come forward in the glaring lights of focus nationally. You've got to start off with the presumption that at least the essence of what she is talking about is real. Whether or not she forgets the facts, whether or not it's been made worse or better over time. She's going to be going on national television on Sunday. Tara Reid is coming forward in the glaring lights. To use your words, should we not start off with the presumption that the essence of what she's talking about is real? She says you sexually assaulted her. Look, from the very beginning, I've said believing women means taking the woman's claim seriously when she steps forward and, and then vet it. Look into it. This, this, that, that's true in this case as well. Women have a right to be heard and the, and the press should rigorously investigate claims they make. I'll always uphold that principle. But in the end, in every case, the truth is what matters. And in this case, the truth is the claims are false. All right, Joe Biden. There you go. Uh, now they're just going to try and ignore it and change the subject. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941. Sean, you want to be a part of the program. Uh, we had a lot of breakthroughs as it relates to uh, medicine, COVID, treatment, vaccine progress, remdesivir, 
Um, as a matter of fact, as we speak, the president is meeting with the Gilead that makes Rendisavir. CEO Daniel O'Day is his name. And to talk about this, uh, Fauci putting a seal of approval on that. Fauci saying it looks like it's possible to reopen uh, stadiums for baseball. That was good progress. Making Fauci, making progress on the Fauci front. The president announcing uh, opening up America again, guidelines and safety. The USNS Comfort left New York after only treating 182 patients. Americans are opening up for businesses now in nearly 40 states. Democrats more likely than Republicans to snitch on their neighbors for breaking coronavirus bans on parties. I'm like, really? Are we really having, is this like a snitch party? Um, but more importantly, I think what I mentioned earlier is real. And that is that I'm not sure. I'm looking at states like California, Orange County Sheriff. I'm not arresting people for going to the beach. You want to arrest them, you go arrest them. Uh, and having a big showdown as it relates with Gavin Newsom, Orange County Sheriff is not going to enforce the order. Newsom says that it's, you know, it's a hard close on all Orange County beaches. We saw what happened in Huntington Beach last weekend. We see these protesters in Michigan, but we see them all over the country. People demanding to be opened up again. Um, the Michigan House will not extend the state of Michigan's emergency, uh, won't extend state of emergency. And they voted to sue the governor, Gretchen Whitner, Whitmer, again. You have an owner of a wine bar in Los Angeles, daring officials, I dare you to arrest me. Beverly Hills, you can't make this up. Their city council votes to resume cosmetic surgery. Dr. Raz is here to take your calls for the hour, as we have been doing. Um, good to talk to you again. Uh, I, 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 this is my take on this, and it's not a political statement. My read on what we saw, for example, in Huntington Beach, all these protests emerging around the country, demands to open up, open rebellion, owners of different businesses saying, too bad I'm opening, you're not going to stop me, is I think that people have watched the coverage. I think people have assessed the danger. I think people have that they they are making personal decisions based on whatever the personal appetite people have for risk. And I think that's what we see happening. I know people in New York that have not left their homes in eight weeks. You know, that's not a joke. So I, I'm, I'm curious to think what, when you looked at Huntington Beach last weekend and you see all these states with all these protests, what are your thoughts? My advice to them would be be safe. Wear masks, social distancing. Uh, that's what my advice is. I think we fear most what we don't understand. So it's hard for any of us to imagine back you know, two months ago when we didn't really appreciate what was happening. We didn't even have numbers on how badly it was spreading, for example, in our, in our neck of the woods in New York and New Jersey. Um, but as people have seen more and more data coming forward, there's been a ton of discussion about who gets sick, how sick do they get, what do we do if they get sick. People start to get more comfortable, and they say, okay, in our part of the country, and let's say it's a rural part of the nation, where maybe they haven't seen a decline in cases, in part because we're testing more, but also in part because maybe they haven't got to their peak, but their peak's not so high that they would normally have shut down their area. And they think, okay, well, if we're smart and learn from 
mistakes made elsewhere, in other words, New York, and social distance, to your point, wear masks, uh, do the things that make sense. Is it possible for us to start to walk on a beach? And those are natural human instincts, and those questions are going to be asked, and Americans are going to push and shove each other till they come down uh, on whatever side each state decides. And I, I got to say, I, I completely understand why Gavin Newsom is concerned, because it's a big state, if they make a mistake. Um, there, by know, the way, they, Gavin they Newsom did a good job, I think, for the state of California overall. Right, he did. I mean, look at the cases there versus here. And again, he was only a couple days behind us. And, and during the, when I say behind us, not in terms of when he closed it, but if he'd waited another couple days, there's a good chance they could have been closer to us. Now, L.A. is very different from New York. It's not as, not as crowded. San Francisco, same. Uh, but San Francisco is the second most crowded city in the country next in terms of density uh, compared to New York. And they didn't have anything close to what we experienced here. So we, we, we're all learning a lot. But I tell you, you've got to be humble on this thing. It's not like anyone has the exact right answer that this is the, the day you open. What we have to do, though, this is essential for everybody, right, left, everybody. Wait a minute. Did it, I just hear Dr. Oz say humble and politician in the same sentence? I'm just asking. I'm just, you know, I didn't know they could go together. I'm learning new things every day. <laughs> It's a misnomer, no, but, uh, but it's possible, right? We, 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 certainly, we've all made uh, a, 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 enough proclamations. We ought to at least appreciate that you could actually drive this with information. If California uh, does well, but so does Florida, and Florida opened its beaches and California didn't, then you start to think, okay, maybe the beach wasn't the big deciding factor. Maybe it was how you deal with the nursing homes, which is where uh, the, you know, the biggest catastrophes are likely to happen. It's so sad on that in New York, especially because you had the hospital beds COVID ready. You know, they only took 182 patients on the the Navy ship Comfort, the hospital ship. And the Javits Center had all these beds. They had converted to COVID-19 capability and all these beds, all the personnel provided instead of dumping them in, in nursing homes where 25 percent of the New York deaths came from. If I were to give the highest grade in this to any one governor, it would be the one that got criticized early the most, and that was Governor DeSantis over spring breakers. But in the end, he targeted the most vulnerable population, which happens to be quite high in terms of percentage of the population in the highly populated state of Florida. And he went into the villages and he went into every long-term facility and nursing home in Florida. And they they buttoned that up from day one. And it is so dramatically lower in terms of incidence of contracting and incidence of death. I mean, those are the best numbers. If I'm going to learn, I would look at that. What did they do down there? I think states are learning from that. And one of the reasons I'm, I'm feeling better about the, the opening is that we'll to focus in on the, on the weak links in the system, which we didn't have the ability to do a few months ago because no one knew what they were. Now everyone can look around and say, okay, he did it right in Florida. He did it really well in California. You don't want to do what happened there. And then we end up cobbling together something that can prevent a significant recurrence because we're going to have the recurrent cases. We just don't want them to become, you know, go from a brush fire to a forest fire. And that would that's the only catastrophic scenario where you miss, miss the clues, don't protect the people who are vulnerable, then you end up with these, uh, you know, similar scenario, and that really would hurt businesses. You know, you get these, you know, sweeping proclamations by the media, politicians against people that are saying that they're fed up, they want to resume their lives, and they're willing to, they're willing to take upon themselves some risk. My answer to that, though, is this is my choice. I'm not going to sit here and throw stones at anybody. And I, I frankly get it and understand it, relate to it, wanting everybody to get back to a normal life. For me, why I say I will say wear masks if I'm around other people, my personal choice is not, really not has nothing to do with my own personal health. 
Um, it has more to do with the health of others and the more vulnerable that I might want to be in contact with. And for them, I don't want them to be impacted by something that I might choose to do for myself. That's my, that's my personal choice that I would recommend. If you don't want to do it for yourself, do it for other people. And I'm not saying stay home. I'm saying just wear the stupid mask. I'm willing to wear it. I, I'm 100% in the same place you are. I'm going to, the mask is, is a minor sacrifice. And then the question becomes, what else can we do that actually matters? Because we don't. A month ago, we didn't think masks were that valuable. Then we began to realize it's not the virus itself that's getting into your nose, down in your lungs. It's the virus within a droplet of saliva from someone saying a word that has a throat in it, right? And so that spitting by mistake as you, as you speak results in the water droplets aerosolizing. And now we more and more appreciate that's the mechanism of infection, which is why six feet away, 10-minute limited space, uh, so you don't officially or, you know, you're not a close contact if you don't, uh, you know, stay more than 10 minutes closer than six feet to somebody, wearing a mask always. All these things are going to be part of how we, uh, we get back uh, to, 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 to business and, and stay safe at the exact same time. I disagree that you can't have both at the same time. I think if we're wise about it, we're going to keep folks safe. And the people who do get infected should be the healthiest members of our population who not always, but vast majority do okay, even if they were to, God forbid, get COVID-19. Let's go to our phones for Dr. Oz. We start with Rob. This is a great question. Rob is 75 years old. Rob, how are you? Glad you called. You're on with Dr. Oz. Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call, guys. Thank you. Uh, you know, I, uh, so if you're if you're an older grandfather and you're compromised, do I need to live the rest of my life in a plexiglass prison? <laughs> or the way you say I, that is uh, very funny, but you know that well, you do you have a compromised no, immune system or health thing, issues? Sean, I mean, I mean, hear me out. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, I would I, I would like my last days. Uh, to, to be hugging my grandchildren and for my grandchildren to be hugging me as opposed to, oh, there's grandpa, I can't touch him. I think I mean, that's temporary, to, though. What, what, what I'm saying... Let's, let's I... talk to the older population and uh, we're the ones, we're the ones that, have, that have made this and if we're the ones most at risk, you know, let us choose. I haven't heard, I haven't heard or seen any interview with an older person. Hey, Rob, look, can I just answer on my side and then we'll throw it to the expert, Dr. Oz. I, I am, I, what I'm saying is temporary. I don't, this is not going to be the rest of your life plexiglass. I want to be very clear for the time being for the protection of older people. But again, we just talked about the masks. Now the testing is online. You can get antibody tests at any walk in place now, pretty much in New York and Long Island. They're available. Go, you can go get the antibody test. All right, then you can get the COVID-19 test. Dr. Oz. So I think the issue isn't just that you have the right to expose yourself. It's do you want to saddle your kids or grandkids with the fear they may have infected you. And that's been the biggest discussion in our family when I talk about my in-laws who are healthy, but they're in their 80s. And they desperately want to see everybody. We Believe me, we do every little shenanigans possible. You mentioned the plexiglass box. It's not too dissimilar from what a lot of people are doing. But we're talking about a limited period of time. I think with remdesivir, which we should cover briefly because I think the president's going to come out in a few, few minutes with uh, Daniel O'Day, the CEO of Gilead, uh, discussing what's going on there. But we have our first large clinical high-powered trial showing that anything worked against this for sure. There's some smaller randomized clinical trials with other medications that like we've talked about on this show before. And I'm optimistic that we'll be able to both slow down progression of disease, 
The, now we're talking about the vaccine being available by January, which I'm stunned by. All my experts that I've been talking to are also stunned, but we're all figuring out what's going on, which is massive international testing with large populations bigger than you normally would use to show that it's safe so that we can get it to people like you, for example, so you'll be free or comfortable talking to your grandkids or hugging them again. But we don't want to have anybody look back and say, my goodness, because I was impatient for eight months, I ended up losing grandpa who would have had 20 more years with us. And that's the real risk that, and, and I'll tell you, it's not just that you'll die, because God forbid, you know, that's, that's still uncommon. It, no matter how old you are, no matter what risk factors you are, the odds are still in your favor that you'll do okay. But every time you get a little sniffle, you get a cough, you're going to think you've got COVID-19, right? You're not going to know. Whereas if you're isolating and you get a cough or a sniffle, you wake up with an ache in a weird spot, you know, you, you know you're going to know you're not infected. So you buy peace of mind. Uh, I think it was a great question, though, Rob. Thank you. And again, it's temporary. So you are around as long as possible. But I, I, I you know, I can I can I have a lot of empathy for him. He doesn't want to, you know, we want to get back to normal fast temporary period. That's all we're really talking about here because we are making all that progress. Hey, uh, we'll continue with Dr. Oz and your calls. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, if you want to be a part of the program. All right, your calls for Dr. Oz, the full hour here, 800-941-SEAN is our number. If you want to be a part of the program, uh, let us say hi to Dan in Minnesota. Dan, you're on with Dr. Oz. Glad you called. Yeah, I'm just curious your thoughts on the, all the testing they do in the, when they're opening these businesses and letting them open and customers in where they have to take temperature and ask them all these questions. Dr. Oz? profoundly important question and here's the reality we don't know what percentage of people have no symptoms or are pre-symptomatic <clears throat> there was a paper today that looked at when you're most infectious and it seemed to argue that a, that a, a lot of the infectivity happens before you even realize you're ill so let's start with that premise and then let me just give you the raw data from a homeless shelter in Boston they took 400 people everybody got screened the only reason I'm bringing up this homeless is that you know they're not the healthiest people in the world, but they were younger. They're 51 years mean age, right? So what they learned was with the 400 people they surveyed, 36% had uh, infect infection, but this is important, 90% of, of those people had no symptoms. So 9 out of 10 people who tested positive with that nasal swab were unaware they had any problems. So it makes you wonder how much these screening tests are going to pick up. I think they're worth doing because even if it's 1 in 10, it's better than 0 in 10. Secondly, I think if we're attentive to subtle symptoms like loss of smell, which people don't realize is a classic sign now of COVID-19, it happens in more than half the people, according to a couple studies. So if you ask a couple smart questions like that, do you, not just a fever or fatigue, but do you, do, you, do you have loss of smell? Have you noticed intestinal issues, things that are outside the norm? You pick up enough people that it's worth doing, if, if they say something positive, that they get tested. That stated, i got to say personally, Social distancing and masks are the de rigueur. I think you've got to do it for now, unless you're in a restaurant where you can't eat with a mask on, and then we, you know, plexiglass barriers or something else has to be used. But you cannot trust testing alone by itself. Uh, I think it's a great question as well, great answer also. Uh, we're going to take Dr. Oz's uh, questions uh, going into the half hour. Uh, we'll get updates as it relates to Rendisavir, the president speaking in the Oval Office. We'll play a little of that when we get back. We had an amazing Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern. Tara, uh, Joe Biden addresses Tara Reid. We've got rebellion building around the country. Uh, we've got the latest on opening safely and the Durham investigation. 
my sources tell me is dead on accurate and real. Straight ahead. Day, CEO of Gilead. You know what that is because he's been in the news and the company's been in the news and it's a great American company that's done incredible work on HIV and hepatitis C. And I hear that uh, that's what's happening with hepatitis is the great, uh, a great medical story, really a great medical story. I've been hearing about that. It's fantastic, Dan. I'm pleased to announce that Gilead now has an EUA from the FDA for remdesivir. And you know what that is, because that's been the hot thing also in the papers and in the media for the last little while. An important treatment for hospitalized coronavirus patients. And it's something uh, I spoke with Dr. Khan and uh, Dr. Fauci. I spoke with Deborah about it. And it's uh, it's really a very promising situation. Uh, We've been doing work uh, with the teams at the FDA, NIH, and Gilead for spearheading this public-private partnership to make this happen very quickly. So uh, today, we're going to be, uh, and I'm going to let Dan do it, but we're going to let Dan make a statement as to what uh, the company is doing, making a contribution to really people that are not doing well, people that are sick, people that have this horrible uh, plague that set into our country and that we're getting rid of and we're going to be we're going to be having some really incredible results we have uh, very promising studies coming out on the vaccines we have promising studies coming out on uh, therapeutics and uh, the first one is from Dan and Gilead and I'd like to uh, maybe have you say a few words if you would Dan as to Number one about uh, remdesivir to start off with, and also the contribution being made by your company, and we very much appreciate it. Sure. Thank, Thank you, you very much, much, Mr. President. Thank you for having us here. Thank you, Mr. Vice President, for the collaboration that we've had. Uh, let me start by saying on behalf of, I know, all the colleagues at Gilead, we want to thank all the collaborators that have brought Rendisavir to this point. And that certainly includes uh, NIH and Dr. Fauci and, and, and certainly uh, um, Commissioner Hahn and uh, many, many more people that have been a part of this uh, to bring this to uh, where we are today. And in fact, uh, really the thanks go to the patients and the caregivers that participated in these clinical trials. I also want to say I'm privileged to work with a group of uh, amazing scientists at Gilead that for decades have been working on antivirals and were poised to put remdesivir immediately into clinical trials uh, when we saw the COVID-19 uh, circulating. So I'm really proud of the colleagues back at Gilead. Uh, what, what I'd like to say is that, um, you know, on behalf of Gilead, to the President's point, we um, feel a tremendous responsibility. We're humbled by this being an important first step for patients, for hospitalized patients. We want to make sure nothing gets in the way of these patients getting the medicine. So we made a decision to donate about 1.5 million vials of remdesivir. We'll be working with the government to determine how best to uh, uh, distribute that uh, within the United States. We'll be working very closely to get that to patients, working with uh, FEMA, working with other parts of the government to make sure that we get that to the patients in need as quickly as possible because there are patients out there that can benefit from this medicine today that are hospitalized and we don't want any time to waste for that. And we're also fully committed to continuing to expand the supply of this medicine. We started investing in this back in January as soon as we became aware of the coronavirus. Uh, this is a, a long time to manufacture. It used to be 12 months. It's now six months. Our scientists have brought that down. 
And so as we get into the second half of this year, we're able to have many more supplies available to patients and we're fully committed to working, Mr. President, with you, your administration, to make sure that patients in need can get this important new medicine. Dan, uh, I really appreciate it, but I also noticed the incredible job you've done with HIV, which I, you know, I remember so well 15 years ago, 16 years ago. It was a horrible thing. I lived in New Hi, York. Moments ago, that was the president with the CEO of Gilead. We continue with Dr. Oz. He's taking your calls for the half hour. Uh, well, a lot of hope with remdesivir vaccines, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, what is it now about this medicine that maybe gives us more hope than maybe we had with hydroxychloroquine, um, which we, you know, knew was safe, according to Dr. Wallace. I guess he's the premier expert in the country, but your thoughts, Dr. Oz. And we might have lost Dr. Oz. Let me go back to, because I didn't get enough time in here. Biden, you know, so he gives this answer. We're going to play some of this here. He's on with Liberal Joe over at the Conspiracy Channel Network. Mika Brzezinski, I think she did a pretty, you know, fair job interviewing him. And I, you know, she wanted to go tough at it. And his answer was never happened. Not true. Unequivocally uh, more than her other colleagues and the mob and the media. At least she asked the right questions. She really didn't have any choice. She had to. But good for her. And anyway, here is how Biden uh, answered those questions. She says in 1993, Mr. Vice President, that you pinned her against the wall and reached under her clothing and penetrated her with your fingers. Would you please go on the record with the American people? Did you sexually assault Tara Reid? No, it is not true. I'm saying unequivocally, it never, never happened. And it didn't. It never happened. Do you remember her? Do you remember any any types of complaints that she might have made? I don't remember any type of complaint she <clears throat> may have made. It was 27 years ago. And uh, I don't remember, nor does anyone else that I'm aware of. And uh, the fact is that I don't remember. I, I, I don't remember any complaint ever having been made. Have you or your campaign, have you reached out to her? No, I have not reached out to her. It's 27 years ago. This never happened. And uh, when she first made the claim, we made it clear that it never happened. And uh, that's as simple as that. Now, apparently reaction pouring in from pro-democratic uh, women's groups on this interview with Mika this morning. Their collective response seems to be, uh, what about Donald Trump? That's the whole thing. If you go back, the I believers, I believe, 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 I believe. It was all of them. And it is just rank hypocrisy on a level that is beyond spectacular. And it gets actually worse from there. You know, it's it's sort of like Joe Biden telling Mika, well, pay no attention to the records that I'm hiding at the University of Delaware. I mean, he literally said she asked a good question. Well, your Senate documents, University of Delaware, that his apparent presidential staff went to look at uh were supposed to go public and they were resealed the access was changed and i know you're saying any hr complaints could be in the national archives but why not reveal your senate documents that are being held in delaware well they have 800 plus boxes she believes and alleges what that the complaints may be hidden there why not strive for complete transparency why not allow access that was a good question by mika 
While they weren't supposed to be revealed, I gave them to the university. The university said they're going to take them their time and go through all the boxes. They said that wouldn't be before 2020 that that occurred or 2021. I can't remember the year. But uh, look, a, a record like this can only be one place. It would be not be at the University of Delaware. My archives do not contain personnel files and my archives contain documents. And when I say personal or personnel files, they don't contain any personal files. They're public records. My speeches, papers, position papers, et cetera, et cetera. And he's going from there. Uh, but then Mika goes, well, there are claims and concerns and reports and business insiders that she claims that possibly a complaint or some sort of record might be at the University of Delaware. So for complete transparency, let's get this straight. There are no personnel papers. You can't do that. You wouldn't, for example, if you worked with a mayor, I worked for you and you had my income tax returns, you had whatever. They're private documents. They're not for whatever. Don't get out there in the public. That's what he actually said. They're not for, they don't get put out in the public. That's not part of the public record. So personnel records aside, you're certain there's nothing about Tara Reid. Absolutely certain. Why not approve a search of her name in those records? Approve a search of her name? Yes. Reveal anything that might be related to Tara Reid in the University of Delaware records. You can't make this up. Biden, there's, there's nothing. They're not there. I don't understand the point you're trying to make. The point I'm trying to make, there are no personnel records by definition. Point I'm trying to make is you're approving and actually calling for a search of the National Archives records pertaining to Tara Reid. Why not do the same with the University of Delaware records, which have raised questions because they were supposed to be revealed to the public and then they were sealed for a longer period of time. Why not do it for both sets of records? Because the material in the University of Delaware has no personnel files. This goes like it's a bad movie. It's like a loop. It does have a lot of confidential conversations I had with the president about a particular issue that I had with the heads of state, et cetera. That would not be something that would be revealed while I was in public office or while I was seeking public office. It just stands to reason to the best of my knowledge. Well, aren't they the same people that, you know, wanted everything, every phone call revealed that Donald Trump had? And we've had a number of them leaked and we have, you know, these whistleblower, non-whistleblower hearsay whistleblowers. You know, it's it's unbelievable to me. You know, who does this search? Well, the University of Delaware. Well, you know, she said she filed the report. She has her unemployment record. She said she filed a report with the only office that would have a report in the United States Senate. The report was ever filed. That was filed there. End of the back and forth. Here's an irony, because hours before Biden went on national TV to deny he assaulted a Senate staffer in 93. Oh, he had tapped a former Senate colleague. This is a name, a blast from the past. And that means, uh, let's see, Chris Dodd. Uh, now, why would he have picked this guy to help him find a running mate? Remember, Biden promised he'd pick a, a female as a running mate. OK, I wonder which prominent, accomplished woman would agree to Biden's running mate. Anyway, Slate.com. You know, they were a little appalled by picking Chris Dodd. I'll use their words. On Thursday, the Biden campaign announced that its vice presidential selection committee includes Connecticut Senator, former uh, Chris Dodd, longtime friend, political ally of Biden's, whose own story on the subject of sexual assault is, well, to say the least, unsavory. 
And most directly, it's public record that a D.C. waitress by the name of Carla uh, Gavigliago, or, or Gaviglio, I don't know how to say it, accused Dodd and the late senator of Massachusetts, Ted Kennedy, of all people, of sexually assaulting her at a restaurant where she worked in 1985. And according to this woman, Kennedy and Dodd drunk in a private room. Kennedy threw her into a seated Dodd's lap and rubbed his genitals against her until other staffers had to intervene. Not the only account in which Dodd served as Kennedy's uh, lecherous wingman. The late actress Carrie Fisher, in a memoir, wrote that she went on a group date in 1985 with Dodd, during which Kennedy asked her leeringly if she would have be having sex with Chris or would have sex with Chris in a hot tub. Behavior, she said, Dodd observed with an unusual grin hanging on his very flush face. In 1990, a writer at the D.C. paper Roll Call described Kennedy and Dodd to GQ as two guys in a fraternity who have been loosed upon the world. Mm, waitress sandwich. That's a good guy to hire. There's a perfect guy to pick. I guess all of it. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN is our number. Now, um, I want to go back to, we, we would get to Dr. Oz. Our phones are down for some reason. We'll try and get it fixed for the next hour. But here's the thing. So we have all of this with with Michael Flynn and all these revelations that came out. Jay, by the way, Seculo is going to join us on this coming up later in the program as well. And I'm looking at all of this, and we've been following this for three years, right? We were all over the story. And then when you look at, well, the so-called evidence in this case, uh, yeah, it's overwhelming. You know, what's the goal here? Is it truth or is it admission or to get him to lie so that we can prosecute him or we can get him fired? I mean, if that doesn't take your breath away, I don't know what will. So now that attention has been brought to bear here, remember, Durham has now been doing an investigation for a long time. Durham, FoxNews.com even pointed this out, as confirmed by my sources that have not been wrong. This is now a serious case, a real deal case against top Obama Biden officials in a number of agencies, FBI and the CIA. Well, another one would include the director of national intelligence. That means Brennan, Clapper, Comey, McCabe, Strzok, Page, and whoever else might have tentacles to this. I ask this question. How real is this? Oh, it's real. It's beyond real. And it's beyond shocking. And it's worse than you thought. And it's all coming out. That's what I was told. Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. I really hoped, because CNN tormented him, in all fairness, I really hope to see, because they haven't been doing it, and I appreciate your question, I hope to see that CNN will not even apologize, which they should, but just cover it fairly, because he's in the process of being exonerated. If you look at those notes from yesterday, that was total exoneration. These were dirty, filthy cops at the top of the FBI. All right, news roundup and information overload hour. Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. Well, we have Jay Sekulow. He is the chief counsel, American Center for Law and Justice, counsel to the president, a friend of the program. And, well, he was actively involved in every aspect of the witch hunt and then the witch hunt, impeachment witch hunt. 
Uh, and now everything that we have been telling you, which is a ton of abuse of power, corruption, has now, well, it's, it's been exposed to everybody. When would an FBI agent ever say, what is our goal? Is our goal truth, admission, or is our goal to get him to lie so that we can then prosecute him or get him fired? Um, that Those questions should never come out of the mouths of anybody in law enforcement. The goal should be truth, justice, the law, the Constitution, equal application of laws, equal justice under the law. Jay Sekulow joins us. How are you, sir? I'm good, Sean, but you're absolutely correct. What we knew was a miscarriage of justice, at least now, is being exposed for what it is. And I, I hats off to the Attorney General and John Durham and the others that are getting to the bottom of this. But what a miscarriage of justice aimed at General Flynn, but really aimed at the whole country, aimed at General Flynn, aimed at the president, but aimed at the American people. Unbelievable. The more you read, the worse it gets. You read this, you know, no derogatory information was identified in FBI holdings, according to the FBI memo. And that is that they had, they were closed. They had closed this down. No evidence as it relates to Michael Flynn. Uh, the broader investigation, Crossfire Hurricane. Uh, the name for General Flynn, Crossfire Razor. Then Peter Strzok uh, Struck steps in. And, you know, he brings up, well, is it still open? Don't close it. Don't close it. Now, this is now four days into the Trump administration. There's always chaos on the first few days. Comey saying, oh, yeah, I sent them. I took advantage of the chaos, something I'd never do or ever get away with in the Obama or Bush administrations. <clears throat> and I sent them in. And that was after his deputy, FBI Director uh, McCabe, told Flynn he doesn't need a lawyer. Now, I brought this up with Sydney. To me, they knew he needed a lawyer. They knew what they were doing. Um, I think they denied him Miranda rights. Your thoughts? Oh, I think it's more than just Miranda rights. I, I think you have to look at it. First of all, let's say one thing. James Comey thought he could get away with it. Well, guess what? He didn't. So that's the good news. Uh, they're not getting away with it. But, no, this was a complete setup. They told the general that he did not need to speak to lawyers, yet the entire process was to catch or to create a situation where General Flynn, I'm not going to even say would lie, make a misstatement. And that was their intent from the beginning of this. So their entire intent from the beginning to the end was to concoct something. And this now is under, after January, it goes over to the special counsel's office. Bob Mueller knows all of this, doesn't tell anybody, doesn't tell us, doesn't tell the lawyers for Flynn. That's the outrage here. The Office of Special Counsel, the FBI, Bob Mueller was AWOL, absent without leave. And I, I think it's a tragedy that the American people had have experienced since. Certainly okay. He didn't know what Fusion friend. GPS was. He didn't know that he had hired no. Hillary Clinton's attorney. Then you have the Papadopoulos exculpatory uh, evidence withheld with him. Then you have the pre-dawn raid of Roger Stone for a process crime lying to Congress. 29 guys in tactical gear, pre-dawn raid, CNN cameras present. I guess they had nothing to do. They were just sitting there, happened to be lucky that day. Um, right. for a process crime. That doesn't happen. Andrew the same Weissman. with Manafort. Yep. Andrew Weissman, who was a bad actor from beginning to end. These lawyers need to be held accountable, too, by the way. Not just the uh, FBI officials, but the lawyers that did this. Then they committed a fraud on the FISA court. I mean, look at everything that's happened here. Then Strzok and Page wipe out, I think I'm talking about this tonight on your TV programs, the idea that they 
took their phones and did not preserve the evidence when they were removed is unbelievable, unprecedented. Wait a minute. They were handed back to Mueller. Mueller sent them back to the manufacturer to get cleaned, wiped, just in good old-fashioned Hillary style. Right. And Bob Mueller gets away with it as if nothing. And and Bob Mueller was held up as the paragon of virtue. It's, It's really tragic. Well, now we have Director Ray. I never knew this till yesterday. I've been I've been scratching my head saying, where is his urgency to get to the truth, get to the bottom of this? My sources have been very clear. Director Ray did not want these new documents released and fought against them being released. And that it ended up being the attorney general that stepped in and said, no, this is something that's important. But you have a pattern of behavior. But Director Ray apparently was instrumental. And this is in Sydney's book, License to Lie. Uh, very instrumental in helping Andrew Weissman uh, rise the ranks for his career. Now, I'm not particularly happy at the what I see with Director Ray, the lack of urgency to clean up the world's premier law enforcement agency. And that ought to be his top priority. Why is that? Well, you know, I'm not going to defend them because I think their lack of leadership here uh, is without defense. So I'll be the last guy to defend them. Uh, I, I will defend what the Department of Justice has done under Bob, uh, Bill Barr, because what they've done is say, we're getting to the bottom of this. And Sean, you said on your broadcast yesterday, both on radio and TV, this is the tip of the iceberg. The Let's talk about it. Of the iceberg. But you mentioned FISA fraud. So now yeah. we know there were numerous warnings given to right. the Department of Justice, the FBI, in August right. of 2016, weeks before the first FISA application, at the top of a FISA warrant, it says verified. We now know that the dirty Clinton bought and paid for dossier. Christopher Steele, by the way, erased his emails recently. And we now know that there was communication. Yeah, well, we we now know that communication existed between Steele and the DNC and Steele and Hillary's campaign. So there was coordination. That dossier that was debunked eventually. Apparently, the Russians knew where it was headed, meaning Hillary was paying for it, meaning that even the New York Toilet Paper Times got it right when they said, uh, yeah, likely Russian disinformation from the beginning. It was. Anyway, they use an unverifiable document. They never checked it out. They didn't care. They take away Carter Page's civil liberties. They spy on a candidate, a transition team, and a deep into the presidency to quote Attorney General Barr. Now, Jay, you're a great lawyer. Uh, I have used you in the past. We're friends. And yep. if I, you needed to defend me from A deleting and destroying uh, subpoenaed emails, I don't think you could save me. Two, if I committed a fraud, premeditated fraud on a court, not once, not twice, but four separate times, uh, I don't think you'd be able to save me from going to jail. But maybe I'm wrong. Well, I would try. That's for sure. Um, But the fact is, no. I mean, if you delete evidence, it's called a felony. And that's what it is. Okay. What about Comey? Comey signed three of the four warrants and he signed it knowing it was false more and more so as it went on. I think this is important for everybody to understand because you just said it. James Comey, the one that gets ignored. James Comey was at the leadership on that seventh floor. He's the one that authorized all this. He's the one that had to know what his agents did and did not do. And he's the one that ultimately has to be held accountable. Okay, and that would be McCabe, too. That would be struck in page two. We know in the inspector general reports there are numerous referrals for this very same, quote, process crimes, lying. uh, And that would be Comey and McCabe. Then we have the struck page issues and and all the other people. 
um, they've not been held accountable. And then there's this whole other other avenue of spying that they used, which was outsourcing uh, intelligence uh, gathering and spying on Americans to circumvent American law. Do you see do you see Brennan and Clapper being brought into this and soon? Well, I, you know, I think soon, because I think it, the time is, I think it's obvious that uh, Durham's team has been working. I mean, it's everything you read publicly and also uh, the statements of the attorney general. I think that, look, I think the evidence is going to be followed. And I don't know how it doesn't follow to Clapper and Brennan and probably Comey as well and McCabe and these others. McCabe got off the one crime, um, which was the lie, you know, lying about the leak to the media. But this is a whole different level. And now you got the FISA abuse, as you mentioned earlier. So there, there's... There's multiple avenues here, but it's going to be where the evidence goes. And these guys, are, the, the Department of Justice now and this leadership is going to follow where the evidence goes. But you're already seeing what's happening. All right. But we do know these things happen. We knew we know they were warned yeah. not to use the dossier, not to trust it multiple times. We know they couldn't verify it. It was unverifiable. But they put their signature on the FISA applications. All those yes. people that signed those FISA applications, how do you ever get away with saying, well, I didn't know what I was signing? Because, again, no. uh, uh, I don't believe that. Yeah, no, I think they committed a fraud on the court. And I think, well, look, the court's taking action as well. But you cannot, I, I said this today on my broadcast, and that is, I think you've got to look at the lawyers here. It's not just the, uh, it's not just the agents. It's the, and Comey's a lawyer. Uh, McCabe's a lawyer. I mean, you need to look at these guys. And look at what they're doing under the canon of ethics and the rules of responsibilities, officers of the court. And that raises a whole different spectrum of illegality and impropriety. But look, Sean, this is deep. And like I said, we're scratching the surface. But the first scratch of that surface has been something else to see. Let's talk about the... General Flynn, though, they tried to ruin him, though. What about Professor Misfoot, uh, Misfoot and Stefan Halper? And Papadopoulos and a, a jury four person in the Stone case stay on stay on Misfit and and Halper and you know Papadopoulos saying we don't have contacts with the Russians they sent this kid to jail for a couple of weeks for nothing. I think what happened to George Papadopoulos is outrageous. I think that the jury foreman in the Stone case making those statements is absurd. To let that okay, so so who? Retried. So why has so much time been spent in Italy and Great Britain, and so much time with the Australians? Did they outsource spying on Americans to circumvent laws? Maybe. I, I mean, I don't know that. You don't know that, but something was going on here that something, we didn't know. Something well, we, was going yeah. on that was deep, and it's we're getting to it. I mean, I think this is going to come out. You know what? Here's the truth: it's, it's, sunlight is a good disinfectant, and. Uh, uh, the sunlight on this is going to be clear. And you got to give credit to the Justice Department and to the FBI now for bringing this forward. And you know what? You, you always say this, which I appreciate. Those FBI agents, you know, the ones that closed the case against General mm-hmm. Flynn, they were doing their job. Well, you can see job. we believe it it's Bill leader. Precept, but that said, well, I don't see how getting someone to admit their wrongdoing is going easy on them. If we get them to admit to breaking the Logan Act, which is ridiculous, you and I both know, uh, uh, we'll send it to the DOJ. Right. All right. And then then he goes on. Well, if we're seen as playing games, White House will be furious and we got to protect our institution by not playing games. That was all part of that exchange that went on. What is our goal? Is it truth or is it mission or is it to get him to lie? The, the goal of the FBI is supposed to be finding facts, not getting him to lie, not trying to get away with it. 
not trying to. I brought people in, as Comey said, the agents over there, because they were in the beginning of their uh, presidency and they didn't have it organized yet. Just think about the fact that the head of the FBI said that. That should tell you how bad this is, how oh, dangerous yeah, I this think is it's bad. what they've done. All right, got to yep. take a break. Uh, thank you, Jay Sekulow. We appreciate it. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, when we come back, by the way, uh, now we have all these gr- blue states with all these big budget deficits. Yeah, they want to balance it on the backs of taxpayers. Quote, COVID relief. We'll get to that, and that can't happen. Uh, 800-941-SEAN. Our number as we continue on this Friday. Hannity tonight. Live. We have all the breaking news and developments on this the rising rebellion in the country, and much more, 9 Eastern. All right, so uh, we got this whole issue now. All of, you know, the hands are out. Pay me, pay me, pay me, pay me, pay me, and, and the bailouts, etc. I'm going to tell you something. We're not going to be able to afford that. There's no way, no shape, no matter, no form, that we're going to be able to afford the amount of money that they are talking about, meaning the Democrats, that they want to spend and Nancy Pelosi now, she's, oh, we need a trillion dollars for states. Uh, why? To bail out their deficits, their pension programs, the things that they mismanaged. Now, that fight is only really just beginning. We have, you know, people say, no, we're not going to pay all of this. They already, well, I don't see why we can't pay illegal immigrants. They can't get money in the meantime. Uh, who's going to pay for all that, too? At the end of the day, we have taken on ma- a massive amount of debt to bail out Americans. Kevin McCarthy said we need a bold deregulatory agenda. Bring back American manufacturing. President's going to have our open up America again guidelines. Uh, at this point in time, now we have the states demanding, you know, billions of dollars that have nothing to do with COVID relief whatsoever. Anyway, we'll get into that on the other side of this. Also, the rising rebellion in states across the country. 800-941-SEAN, you want to be a part of the program, and a great Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern. We're going to be very careful as we open. A lot of people, a lot of governors are opening. Uh, I know you're very advanced. You're going to be very advanced in getting it going. Uh, But uh, we're we're doing it very carefully. All right, that was the uh, president. Uh, Now we go into the discussion, long discussion, about how do we open up the country, open the country up safely? How do we keep and hold uh, China accountable for all of their nefarious evil deeds and all of this? That has to happen. And the World Health Organization, they should never get a penny from us. China probably shouldn't get a penny of the debt they're holding for the U.S. either. It would only be a fraction of what we end up uh, paying in all of this. Uh, Dr. Fauci, not only did he have some good news on the drug remdesivir earlier this week, Dr. Fauci says that baseball could return to the U.S. by summer and by fall. President's plan, opening up America again, guidelines, how to do it safely. Um, We now have, let's see, American Open for Business in Texas, Ohio, Illinois. A lot of these rules now, lockdown rules are in place. Um, Then we have the big issue over money. And that is, okay. well, we have a whole group of people that want to spend way too much money. And Republican senators, they're not having it. Nineteen of them signing a letter to Mnuchin alerting him that financial institutions uh, might be using recovery funds, one, to target gun companies. That can't happen. And GOP senators are aligning together uh, and saying reject any of these blank check bailouts to state governments because you have the likes of Nancy Pelosi out there screaming, uh, we need a trillion dollars 
just for the states in the next relief package. No, you're not getting a trillion dollars to bail out states that tax their citizens to death and you still run massive deficits. Kevin McCarthy saying that bold deregulation and that agenda is needed is what is needed to bring America and manufacturing back. Uh, the fight is getting louder. You have the squad speaking out. Congresswoman Omar saying that Billionaires want to continue profiting while risking millions of lives. AOC saying the Senate's coronavirus stimulus package is a historic corporate giveaway. Uh, okay, whatever. 800-941-SEAN is our number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, joining us now, Congressman Mark Green of Tennessee. By the way, happens to be an ER doctor, healthcare CEO. Uh, Congressman Andy Biggs, he is the chairman of the Freedom Caucus. Uh, from Arizona, welcome both of you back to the program, uh, Congressman. Uh, I cannot go along with any more any monies that are going to be spent. No more, you know, the Kennedy Center for the Arts, National Endowment for Humanities, and the Arts, seventy-five million each. This has to stop. This next thing that has to stop is Nancy Pelosi wants a trillion dollars. What to bail out irresponsible states that were running massive budget deficits? That that can't happen either. Right. Well, Sean, this, thanks, thanks for having us. Yeah, you're right. You've got states that have massive pension funds that, that they want to incorporate into this, They need that they have deficits in their pension funds. You have New York with $6 billion in the hole in their state budget before this happened. And you've got Nancy Pelosi, who uh, has been orchestrating all this. That's one of the reasons she keeps doesn't want Congress back there is because she can uh, basically run this as an oligarchy instead of a republic. And so, yeah, you you, you cannot allow Nancy Pelosi, we cannot, as members of Congress, allow her to run rampant here and bail out states uh, who ba- actually have basically uh, emasculated their own economies and now uh, their own state budgets and then say, okay, we want everybody else in the country to pay us back for it. You know, I was yeah, a little like- intrigued all week as I've been watching Congressman Green. For example, I was a little dubious of some of the things that were going on in the great state of Georgia and Governor Kemp, and the jury's still out, but I was impressed how they were opening uh, salons for people to get manicures and pedicures. Not something I do. Linda might do that. I don't do that. Um, but in all seriousness, they create a barricade. Everybody's in a mask. They they open up what would be like a teller handing you cash at a at a bank, just a little you know, you know, area where you can put your hands in there. And the manicurist has a mask on and gloves on, and then proceeds, you know, to go through and do the do the salon thing. Um, I was impressed with that. I've been impressed with some uh, images that I've seen of social distancing plexiglass restaurants opening. That seems like a possibility. You're an MD. Is that, in your view, can that be done and can that be done safely? Yes, Sean, thanks for having me on. And absolutely. In fact, uh, I just ran over to Georgia from Tennessee to pin my ranger tab on my son who just graduated ranger school. And uh, we ate dinner at a restaurant in georgia they had all the oh thank you had all the masks on and you know they had us at every other table and it was spread out we had a nice dinner um yeah i I, it absolutely can be done safely and you know to echo what uh andy was saying illinois has 137 billion dollars of unfunded pension and in the state of tennessee we are fully funded in our pension we're not planning on tennessee taxpayers covering illinois bad decisions so Thanks for bringing that up and being a voice on that issue. Yeah, there's billions in New York, the same thing. And they're trying to balance yep. their budgets off the backs of those states that have hired responsible governors and representatives that didn't tax them to death and didn't, you know, abuse it. I'll give you an example in New York. 
They wasted $750 million on, if you can believe it, a solar panel uh, factory in upstate New York that they closed. $600 million on a micro trip, uh, microchip factory they closed. $90, $90 million on a light bulb factory partnership that they closed. Uh, and I don't want to hear it. Um, I, $137 billion unpaid pensions. That's Illinois' problem. The debt, the exactly. deficits, the budget problems that they have in New York are massive. And that's why everyone's leaving New York. And I think you're going to see even a, a faster exodus as a result here. Andy Biggs, your thoughts? Yeah, I think so. Uh, absolutely, Sean. I mean, uh, first of all, what business was uh, the state government in uh trying to get involved in private sector businesses all over the place. That doesn't even make sense to me. And it certainly is what leaves them uh, in the lurch because they believe that they've got an endless pot of money, that money's going to grow on trees, and it just doesn't. And that kind of irresponsibility shouldn't be shunted off on, on the government. They say, oh, the federal government. The federal government is we the people. We, that's who it is. And so Tennessee's done well, Arizona's done well. Why should we be bailing you out for just horrendous decisions that you've made and that we've got to stop that well i mean now i don't think you can stop it in the house but certainly i think the pressure's got to go into the senate where republicans have control uh congressman mark green absolutely i think the the senate is going to take the lead on on standing up against this you've heard comments both from uh you know mitch mcconnell leader mcconnell he's he's basically saying we are not going to fund some liability, pension liability that a state has run up. Uh, so it looks like they're standing standing their ground, and I, I think they will, for sure. Last question. I want to ask you, especially Congressman Green, you're working on the Secure Our Systems Against China tactics, incentivizing Americans to invest and purchase distressed companies critical to America's national security. In other words, you want to bring a lot of the manufacturing back. I think most Americans we're a little surprised at, at how dependent we have become on China, and especially when it comes to medical gear, agents for medicines that we desperately thought we needed at the time, and we never got it. Yeah, absolutely. The Not only the supply chain stuff, you, you take something like the accident that happened from heparin, uh, where tens of Americans died because it was contaminated from China. That That's one piece of the problem. Prepping for this kind of a emergency contingency and PPE and all that, that's another. But now that the global economic crisis has hit and, and companies are out there selling shares, selling ownership just to get the cash to survive, China is gobbling these up. They just bought a ton of planes from United and are leasing them back to United. They're buying companies that have technologies that aren't defense industry that our national security depends on. They're buying them up. And they're going to keep us from getting that uh, technology. Maybe it's something to power a tank turret or something like that, that a small company has that, that has to sell itself in order to just keep the company alive. China's gobbling them up. Even NATO said China is on a buying spree. We want Americans buying those companies that are in trouble. And that's what the uh, SOS Act is for. Well, I think if we don't get that done, we're going to come to regret it. You want to weigh in on that, Andy Biggs? Yeah, I think Mark's right on the money on this because... Uh, uh, we've built China, and now they're they're opportunists, they're, and they're looking at this as a way to uh, irrigate even more power to them and more money to them. And we cannot afford to be more dependent on them on supply chain, whether it's defense supply chain, whether it's uh, pharmaceutical uh, supply chain. Uh, we have got to take control of this uh, as a nation. 
All right. I want to thank you both for being with us. Thank you, Congressman uh, Mark Green, Tennessee, Congressman Andy Biggs of the great state of Arizona. Thank you both for being with us. Um, we've been talking about this. I know this is going to happen. And I look, you know, Linda, you can weigh in on this, too, because anecdotally, I can tell you, I have now spoken to more people in New York. That's they're done. It is now New York has led the nation in terms of losing population. And now, based on this total, complete and utter debacle of coronavirus with zero preparation, uh, people say, why am I here? I'm paying all of this money in taxes. I the, the highest property tax. Then you got the sales taxes then you got the hidden taxes uh then you got the city income tax and the state income tax of 10 percent then if you die in new york you, you pay a 10 percent death tax just tax just to new york and why would i stay here you know they had all of this warning from all of these health agencies you're going to need 10,000 ventilators in new york city they don't buy them the state is going to need 15,783 they buy nothing I just mentioned the $750 million wasted in upstate New York in terms of the uh, factory, the solar panel factory they had, $600 million on a microchip factory. That's mothball. $90 million on a light bulb partnership with some California company. That's more mothballed. Then you look at not only the, the mayor, the governor, the entire state leadership and, quote, health care, the dumbest decisions of any state in the, in the union. What did they do? Go out on the town, March 2nd through 5th, Mayor de Blasio. Here are my recommendations. One of New York's two major tabloids now refers to Governor Cuomo's hand-picked health director, a guy by the name of Howard Zucker, as Dr. Death because of the role Zucker played in forcing New York State nursing homes to take coronavirus patients. Why the governor would ever sign on to this city? You see, that was March 25th. You know, we just, the the comfort left New York yesterday. It took on only, a, what, 184 patients. A thousand bed Navy ship hospital. They didn't have to force these nursing homes that were screaming they are ill prepared into taking these COVID-19 patients. They had them. They barely used any of the beds at the 3000 bed facility. Again, like the comfort manned, built, you know, all the supplies by Donald Trump. New York State's Department of Health abandoned another appalling policy again after getting caught. Now they're no longer going to allow staff who test positive for coronavirus to keep working in nursing homes. Wow. And as with the other stupidity, the Department of Health initially stood by. It's OK for that insane risk. And the health commissioner Zucker now has set a policy not allowing infected staff to keep working at uh, the homes. And it was like Cuomo. Why did why did he prevent people from getting hydroxychloroquine? The only place they could get it was a hospital. If you didn't have coronavirus when you went into the hospital, odds were pretty good you had it when you left. But see, there's another problem, too, that we're not talking about. The remdesivir conversation it's great, you know, if they're looking into a vaccine that's based off of this, but it tr it's a little troubling that now some of the doctors, the callers that we're getting, the emails that I'm getting from our audience that are doctors working on the front lines with this coronavirus are being told that they're not even allowed to use hydroxychloroquine with any of the carriers, whether it's selenium, zinc, uh, you know, the z pack, what have you, because they want them to switch over to remdesivir. I feel like if somebody's on death's door, they should be able to try whatever they want. This is something that just mystifies me. Well, that's what right to try is all about. Right. But now they're being told no. And that's happening across hospitals in New York. It's not getting a lot of this, publicity. This is New York stupidity. All of this is New York stupidity. 
Unbelievable. Um, and you know, look, it's they're wondering. I am telling you what's going to happen is people have had it. I'm reading article after article. More recent one this week. There's Wall Street Journal, a lot of economic, Bloomberg, all writing about it. They're all going to leave. Real estate in New York, you know, they have all these mansion taxes, this taxes. I mean, you can't sell a place without the government taking 5% of everything. Yeah, and the problem is, is that, you it's know... Like legalized stealing, all of it. Your liberal policies are ultimately hurting you. It's like, okay, sorry, you know, I believe in a child's right to live. You know, I'm pro-life. But, you know, it's a shame that you can't see past that and take my tax dollars and be more and Meanwhile, they all have their, their armed guards with them, too. All oh, these yeah. politicians. Second Amendment only works when it works for you. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I asked, you know, I said... So de Blasio that day when he was in studio said, okay, so you have your armed guards here. Does every New Yorker have the right that if somebody comes into their home that they have a right to a gun? They have a right. What was his answer to to be safe? Kept saying that. I didn't ask you if they have a right to be safe. Do they have the right to be safe like you? He's never going to answer that question. Never, because the answer is no. Walking, he is a walking hypocrite. The guy's the worst. I love the guy chasing him. In the, in the, it's ridiculous. In Prospect Park, and what was he in Brooklyn? And he has a park right next to where he where he stays at Gracie Mansion in New York. But we're all um, about saving people money, which is why we have Pure Talk. Well, I got to tell you something. I mean, what what the hell am I doing here? I mean, I really got to ask myself, what are we doing? Now, you live in Pennsylvania. At least you're a little bit better off. That's right. We were smart. I escaped the madness. I went to another dumb Democratic governor state. Well, it's not. At least they have fracking. New this York is true, but Wolf would he would love to kill it. Yeah, well, he can't because Pennsylvanians are making too much money. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. The deep state is now about to hit a point of no return, and it's all going to happen. We have full coverage tonight of that. Sidney Powell, Jay Sekulow tonight, uh, reopening the country safely and all the rebellions that are popping up around the country. We'll check in with the Mississippi governor. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you at 9. Back here on Monday. Have a better weekend, hopefully.